Hello, listeners, and welcome back to yet another You Talk episode. I'm Rob, that's Jay, and this is Ragsy. Ragsy is a one-of-a-kind, multi-talented individual. Individual. My first mess-up of the podcast. Ten <laughs> seconds in, well done, Rob. Uh, Ragsy is a one-of-a-kind, multi-talented individual who is blazing a trail in the digital space through her unique preferred real-life art mediums, Legos. Such a trail from her Legos art and installations have led her to work and appear at the Rockefeller Center and in galleries alongside world famous artists. In addition, Ragsy has created a large reputation and following on TikTok with over half a million followers for her pure commitment and truthfulness to the community that she has created. Across her videos, she has over 11, uh, 11 million likes and over 129 million views. Ragsy, it's an honor to have you here on YouTalk. Um, before we go any further, would you like to say hello to our listeners and let them know anything that you'd like? Sure. Hello. Hi, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> nice. This is fun. Yeah. Do you like the uh, fly on the wall uh, mess up and then breaking the fourth wall, emitting the mess up and then <laughs> carrying on with the podcast? I think it's perfect. See, seamless, Rob. You're seamless. seamless. I, whatever. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. Whatever you, whatever you prefer. <laughs> From our understanding, you create real life Legos and then convert them into digital pieces, which we think is amazing. Uh, do you want to explain to the listeners the process of how your art works in terms of creation in a little more detail? Sure. Uh, yeah. So again, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, for the Lego works, it is a bit of a process, you know, I think the most important thing when designing something at a Lego, whether it be like a flat piece for a wall or a sculpture is a design, you know, the design is extremely important because there's all these little itsy bitsy pieces. And if the design <laughs> is incorrect from the start, then you might have to take the whole thing apart because it won't be structurally sound. Right. So, uh, you know, I think it's, for me, it's really important to, you know, sketch out a design, um, really understand, you know, what the footprint's going to be. But after that, I, I don't like to have a lot of design set in stone. I really like the artwork to evolve, um, you know, as I'm building it, because as I'm making something, I could um, come up with new ideas that could make the piece even better. And so I don't like to follow instructions or anything like that. I like to have like a sound like footprint or foundation of anything I'm working on. But after that, I kind of just like to be creative and go from there. Does that, uh, does the interest in Lego come from when you were younger? Were you like the kid that was always building Lego? Uh, no, actually, I didn't play. I don't remember actually playing with Lego uh, when I was younger, I didn't find Lego as a media till I actually became an artist and found it as a media that I like to use in my work, ironically. <laughs> and then another question about Lego is, have you ever stood on any Lego, the little pieces? It's a very painful thing. Yes. I've got, we've all got children here, me and Jay, and uh, I've stood on it in the middle of the night and it bloody hurts. <laughs> I step on them all the time. They're everywhere. They're literally everywhere. <laughs> so, even when but I basically, think basically, you've you, you've got Lego foot by this uh, at this point in time. <laughs> yeah, you know what's weird though? It's never actually hurt my feet. I don't know oh if that's God. weird. It's like Daenerys <laughs> in Game of Thrones. You can go in the fire, but you can go in the Lego. Like the the fire can't hurt her. The Lego can't hit, hurt you. It's perfect. <laughs> uh, it was like it was meant to be. It doesn't <laughs> act. Never actually got injured <laughs> yet. But they are everywhere. You know, I try to pick most of them up. But if they scatter, they they find uh, new hiding places all the time. I find them everywhere. 
<laughs> I think so. So sorry if I can just just um, you know, Kenny. I think I think a lot of what, what our audience is going to be interested in is, is how you you sort of made that transition away from um, you know sculpting with Lego, I guess, and creating you know your your sort of art with Lego to to the digital space to NFTs. Um, you know, when when did you first sort of discover NFTs as, as sort of a, a medium that you could work with, and and you know how did you transition from from those Lego sculptures to a digital piece? Well, I've known about the NFT world for a few years now. I don't know if they were called NFTs originally, um, which are digital artworks that you can, you know, buy and trade on the blockchain. Uh, most are done on the Ethereum blockchain. Uh, I've been watching it for a few years now. This uh, in 2021 was when I decided to launch my first series, uh, which is called Bike Candy, which is the Genesis series of mine. Um, yeah, I love I love uh, creating NFTs. I love the digital art space. And the reason why I like NFTs so much and why I'm such a big advocate is because for the first time, you know, artists get a royalty on the resale mm -hmm. of their works because it's tracked through blockchain. And that's something that artists really haven't seen. Um, you know, you could be a starving artist, sell something, get famous, and maybe that painting sells for millions of dollars and you don't get a penny of, of that money. Mm. And, uh, you know, what I love about NFTs or non-fungible tokens is that everything's tracked. You set a royalty uh, in the smart contract from the very, very beginning. And every time it's bought and sold, the artist does get a royalty on it. So I, I really uh, love this concept for artists. I think it's really liberating as you know, a lot of artists struggle to make it in the industry. Yeah, I, th I think I think a lot of um, NFT naysayers, um, they, they don't consider any, any of this sort of stuff. They just look at it at a very high level. Uh, it's just it's just digital work that can be reproduced. It's just a JPEG. It's just a GIF. It's just a, a, an MP4. Um, but they don't realize sort of the, um, the implications of the, having a piece minted on a blockchain can actually mean for the owners in terms of, you know, um, uh, uh, providence um, for artists in terms of recurring revenue streams um, so I think that's is, this is brilliant and we yeah, I think the more we get that sort of message out and we, we sort of you know promote that side of the NFT space I think the more people are going to sort of get on board and convert to to believers yeah I mean you know it's not for everybody you know in the real world it's extreme most people don't collect fine art either they don't yeah. understand it's kind of the same thing they're like why is this painting worth thousands of dollars? <laughs> you know, you right. hear, oh, my, my, my five-year-old do could have done that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly, my yeah. five-year-old, something like that. So it's always kind of been like that, you know, uh, for for the arts. So I think uh, it's kind of like more of the same. It's not for everybody, you know. People yeah. who appreciate the art, appreciate the space, will will join. And if people don't want to, they don't have to. <laughs> yeah, I think perhaps more, but more about acceptance rather than understanding. I mean, people just accept the art world, its existence, how that kind of works. Um, they don't really understand it or, or get on board with it. But but I think we're, we're moving towards acceptance as well. And the more we get this sort of these conversations out there and the more people, artists talk about, you know, the benefits to them and the owners of the artwork as well. And also the fact that it makes... I'm sure you appreciate that you can, you know, you can basically access any audience anywhere on the globe with an NFT work, you know, whereas physical work is a little bit more difficult, um, you know, to, to get out there in that sense. You're limited to where your shows are, shipping costs, um, exposure and that sort of stuff. So, yeah, brilliant stuff. Sorry, go on, Rob. I know that was a long interruption. 
It's absolutely fine. I'm used to it by now. This is our <laughs> 12th episode, I think. It's absolutely perfect. Uh, we've, uh, would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about the journey that you went on? Obviously, you started off uh, creating Lego, and now your pieces have uh, appeared in the Rockefeller Center and in amazing galleries across the world. Would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about the journey to get there? Sure. I mean, I, you know, I didn't know I would be an artist as a career. I thought art was something you did as a hobby or maybe after retirement. I didn't know it was possible, uh, maybe because, you know, there's not a lot of young artists that are, you know, spotlighted or, or highlighted as much as the deceased artists, right? <laughs> um, so I didn't know that that was actually a choice, you know, for me. I always thought I had to do, you know, like a job and do art as a hobby. And, um, you know, as I was creating my art, you know, and working a job, um, I uh, created my first piece, which uh, my first piece with Lego, which was called Lego Lincoln. And um, is that a piece behind you? It's it's one of the versions of it. This was the one that was on display <laughs> in Rockefeller Center. Um, Love it. Yeah, I won't sell this one because it's my favorite one, but I've done <laughs> Lincoln out of Lego uh, many times and each one is unique. And, um, uh, you know, that was the piece. I entered it into an art show, like a regular art show. And uh, a gallery saw it and I had never shown in a gallery before. And um, they were like, we want this in our, our show. And I was like, so excited and happy because it was like a real art gallery and a very, you know, um, well off, you know, uh, part, part of Connecticut, right in the hub of Manhattan. So it was a very prestigious gallery. And uh, so I had made Lego works for the gallery. And uh like a few days into the art show, the gallerist called me and told me I'd sold out oh, of man. the Lego oh, wow. And uh, that's, that's really what gave me confidence, yeah, to keep, to keep creating them. And, and I was like, oh, well, maybe I can do this as a career. Like maybe, you know, uh, like I, that was the first time it ever had occurred to me because I just didn't think that would happen. I don't know. I just didn't know. And um, so, yeah, that's kind of where it started was when I sold out my works in that show. And you had a lot of other very talented artists in that show. Um, there was works by Jerry Garcia uh, in the show. There was a few pieces by Salvador Dali. So it was a really prestigious show. So I was really fortunate to be a part of it. Do you know if you sold out before them or not? <laughs> that was the first time I sold out. But was it, did your stuff sell out before their work or was it? About the same time. Uh, yes. Uh, well, yeah. No, there, there are pieces. Uh, Jerry Garcia, some of his pieces sold. He didn't sell it, but he also had a lot more um, works than I did. So yeah. uh, can't, can't, uh, got to give Jerry Garcia the whole wall. You know, I was happy to have anything in the show, you know, so that's totally fine with me. Uh, he had a, it was a bunch of collection of his works, really brilliant works. It was a great show. And I remember he did this one. I forget what it was called. I think, I believe it was called Corporate. And it was of these fish. It was just a drawing of these fish. And it was a, a little fish and then a bigger fish and then a bigger fish. And they're all about to eat each other. And I've it, seen that, it, yeah. you have seen it. And the yeah, name yeah, was yeah. called, I believe it was Corporate. And yeah. I thought it was just very like in spirit with him and and just brilliant at the same time it was so simple but very clever and uh, a lot of great pieces were in the show 
It sounds amazing. I know we previously mentioned the Bike Candy uh, project. Uh, would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about how you've come up with this? It's your first ever one, I believe, NFT. The Bike Candy? Um, yeah, I love I love my series. Uh, my first NFT series is called Bytes Candy, B-Y-T-E, like a computer bites. <laughs> and uh, they say things like bites me on them. They're meant to resemble those candy hearts you've seen on yeah. valentine i think, I think our, our 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 well our viewers on youtube can see a few of those behind you on your wall that's right yeah it's actually so this is a painting up here on the wall this is a painting i had done i think believe back in 2016 something like that it's of these candy hearts that's and the, yeah, the they're very thing. imperfect i always like i kept this painting. kind of like did it really quick one evening and then I went back and looked at it. I always kept this one. I never sold it because I always found it very interesting because I was so lazy with the way I drew the hearts. They're, they're not really perfect shape. They're, I scribbled the words on there. Now, the words, what's interesting about it is the words don't say, like, hug me, kiss me. They say things like, bite me. And <laughs> call, call me. <laughs> all these uh, snarky things on the hearts. And it stems from the idea that I just always found those heart, those candy hearts ironic because they were supposed to be these like iconic Valentine's Day hearts, but nobody ever liked getting them. <laughs> like if you ever got your wife those hearts as her Valentine's <laughs> Day, you'd be in trouble. I don't know. If they, do they have those over there in the... In the- yeah, oh we, yeah, we, yeah. We do have yeah. them. Yeah, like yeah. they have the same yeah, reputation yeah. over yeah. here. You're just giving Rob an idea for, for his Valentine's Day gift. Perfect. <laughs> Save some money and upset the missus. What a wonderful, <laughs> what a wonderful <laughs> Valentine's Day. Yeah, give him a bag of those and see how it works out. <laughs> like so for I someone... just thought it was funny, you know. I know it's, a, in it. it's amazing. Uh what is the vanishing ghost NFT? Uh, a little bit of my research was done on this. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So I, uh, I created like, uh, the first is it's a, my first NFT that had a special effect. So the series, they're all one of one NFTs and, um, each is unique, has its own unique phrase. So I had created this, uh, candy heart that says ghosted and, uh, it actually disappears at, at the end. Uh, it's my highest selling one. It's sold for a full Ethereum. And it's one of my only special effects hearts in this series, but I love it. It was like brilliant. You know, you'll find people, I feel like your vibe attracts your tribe. Like you'll find people that yeah. see the humor in it and are like, oh, this is just so genius. I have to have it. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I think, I think that, you know, you just, you just touched on that when you sort of said that, you, you know, you found, you found it funny. Um, and I think that's super important when somebody can relate to to what the artist is creating and kind of the sort of, you know, underlying messages as well. Um, you know, like I said, if something's a bit of a snarky comment, if something, I mean, ghosted, is, it's like, it's perfect. And it's seriously, you know, that's, that's what happens that you get ghosted, you disappear. Um, and it's sort of there presented in that NFT. Uh, and again, I think that's something that I, that, that, that I love about, about NFTs as well, is that you can, you know, you could go a little bit deeper um, and, and it's a little bit easier sometimes to, to uh, sort of communicate the, those those deeper messages with an NFT rather than with a piece of art where, you know, you maybe you've got to read about some artist's analysis of it or read a biography about the artist themselves and see what they were feeling or thinking when they did that. But with digital art, with NFTs, you know, because you can do things like, you know, have animations, because you can have special effects, um, you know, it, it adds another layer to, to the art, which I think is brilliant as well. What does ghosted yeah. mean? 
Come on, Rob, you've never oh, been boy. ghosted? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Are you a millennial? Yeah, a lot younger than I am, and even I know what ghosted is. What does ghosted mean there? It's well, when you're in talking to somebody and then they just stop talking to you out of nowhere. Uh, that's, what, actually, that's what I don't know what it is. That's, 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 that's never happened to Rob. He never just Rob doesn't know about oh, that. You know, exactly. It just never happens to him. <laughs> All <laughs> the time while like approaching people turkey. to be on this you podcast. never hear from them again. <laughs> we get ghosted by Elon Musk on the on the reg, if I'm being honest. He never, <laughs> ever. And, and Mark Zuckerberg. Never replies to our tweets, does he? Ne- never, never, bless him. Too busy. Too busy saving the world. Um, so for, uh, for one of our young listeners, um, or, or any age listeners, uh, that want to get into NFTs uh, or art in general, what advice would you give to them? I think you just have to be really true to yourself and really value yourself. I feel like every artist evolves over time. Nobody gets it right the first try. Every artist I've seen or known and every artist that's been famous throughout history, their work has always evolved over the years. It's never stayed the exact same. And I think that you know, even if you don't get it right on the first try, you still have to be true to yourself and really do what you love because it's it's kind of that phrase that I say, it's your vibe attracts your tribe. Your collectors will like your work because there's a piece of you in it. The biggest mistake I see young creators or just people trying to get into the NFT space mm-hmm. or, or the art world in general, they'll see another artist and their style and they'll see it selling. And so they'll be too inspired from that and they'll try and almost replicate it in a way because they think it'll sell and it might, but it won't have longevity because it's not unique. People will not identify that, uh, that thing with you. And um, so I think it's always important to just be you, even if it's not well received at first. And um, like, I didn't even show this painting um, because it's so different than what I do. You know, I do things that like, I didn't even show this painting to like anybody, I had it. And I remember one day I was in one of my galleries in um, Greenwich, Connecticut. And he was like, I don't know, he just wanted to see what else I had or whatever. He's like, show me what you got. And I was like skipping through it. I like skipped over this one. I wasn't even gonna show him this one. It was like, oh, he's like, go back. And he pointed at it. He's like, that's, he's like, that's one of your best pieces I've ever seen. I was like, what are you talking <laughs> yeah. about? No, and it's I'll, I'll be honest, I mean, I'll be honest with you. Since, since we've been talking, you've had all those pieces behind you, but, but that is the one that, that grabbed my attention more than, more than anything else on your wall. So, so there you go. Uh, so you never know, you know, and I, I was surprised. I was, I was like, no, it's not like, should he's like, he's like that's your best piece and this is an expert who's traded like multi-million dollar pieces by very famous artists he was like that's your best piece so that stuck with me and that was a while ago that stuck with me so when i was picking an nft series was like well maybe i'll do something off of this mm. so the expert liked this one. i like this one i just didn't think it kind of goes back to i didn't think anyone else would like yeah, yeah. it <laughs> I think I think that I was, with, I was with, like, but it's so much me, you know. Yeah, I think with creatives, that's quite a common theme, isn't it? That they don't think that the, the appeal for a specific piece of work goes goes much beyond their own sort of, you know, uh, their only sense of appeal. Um, but I think it's often quite the opposite. Something that you think is not going to appeal to the masses, but but means something a lot to you. 
does because there's perhaps there's a lot of the artists in that work and then that's what ultimately appeals to uh, to a wider audience and i think you you sort of you're bang on point when you're talking about imitation as well uh i think if you look at if, if anybody looks at the nft space and they look at you know uh cyberpunks if you look at you know bored apes a lot of people are just sort of emulating that style of nft uh, and it's not doing really well then somebody comes along with something completely different and it suddenly it takes off um you know we've just just to, to plug you hive a little bit we've We've got a brilliant artist who's just, who's doing his drop tomorrow. Um, his, his brand is, is is called 360 Brain, and uh, you know I sort of you know invite you to take a look tomorrow. Rob will send you the the invite to to, to the drop and brilliant works. Russian artist, um, you know his, his stuff is is very very unique. For me, it's the first time I've seen art like that in the NFT space. But but I think that is you know your bang on point. Artists should should be very true to themselves and. And okay, you can look for inspiration, perhaps from from other artists, but don't look too closely and don't be too inspired by them. You know, keep it genuine, keep it authentic. Um, it's done well in in the art world up until NFTs came along, and I think it will transcend the physical art world over to NFTs as well. And uh, you know, how, how important do you think as well a brand and a story is behind sort of an NFT artist or an NFT collection? Do you think that that's a big part of it as well? I don't know. I go back and forth with it because a part of me wants to say, yes, absolutely. You need a brand. You have to be you. But then, uh, you know, we've seen very famous artists of the past like Andy Warhol. Andy Warhol was the receiver of ideas. He couldn't come up with his own ideas. He would always go to other his galleries. What, what, what should I do? And he's one of the most famous <laughs> most well-known artists in the world so it's it's like but is it though but it almost be evolved into his brand away because he really is the way he used the the latest technology of, of the screen printing process to mm. really capture iconography in a way that no one had done before so it kind of happened by accident uh, for him but i think going into the nft space i think it's just important to be just do what feels right for you. Yeah, you'll see a lot of knockoffs of, of, you know, popular projects and they don't do so well. Like some, you know, will flip and you'll make money. But if, mm. if the whole goal of the series is just to make money, it's not going to have the longevity. You know, the Bored Apes, their goal was to build a community from the beginning and mm. the money along with that but they had a plan it was very strategic they had one of the best in my opinion the best business plans out of any other nft project in the space um they they fl even flipped crypto pumps their floor price is higher and it's because their community was strong it was well executed um they had a great community they had great artists um and they built it they really did kind of build it from the ground up because you could have mm -hmm. got those eight one ETH just a few months ago wasn't that long ago almost probably about <laughs> don't remind, a don't less remind than us a year ago. don't remind us <laughs> yeah you know and uh, and I followed those guys for a while I could have gotten into that project very early and I didn't get because I thought oh uh there's a good chance this NFT bubble is gonna burst any day <laughs> now and I thought I could get it less expensive the price never came down that's like Bitcoin 10, 10 years ago you know oh, this is it's you know it's something's going to pass you know it's just, it's just a phase um but now we all know and obviously i think uh, you know i think nfts although it's only been you know they've been around yeah for for um several years now but they've only been really mainstream in 2021 but 
but I think that was the launch pad. Twenty twenty one was the launch pad that they that they needed now to 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 you know stick around and stay sticking around. Definitely. Uh, so Ragsy, the NFT and crypto space is mainly dominated by males, as I'm sure we will all agree. Uh, most of our listeners might be women, but I'm sure males will like to hear this too. Um, how has this affected basically your under like your journey into the world of nfts and crypto in general being a woman you know in the beginning it was actually great i was it, it, i don't know it's been like a rocky road i have like mixed opinions about it because in the beginning it seemed like i was people were happy to have me as well received because I also have a very large crypto audience. Not a lot of people know that. I feel like the Lego art people don't know about the crypto audience and the crypto audience <laughs> have no clue about the, the they like don't know about each other. It's really funny. And, um, it, and then, you know, I noticed, you know, with the NFT space, you know, they weren't really including women from the ground floor on projects and they weren't including us uh, you know, on whitelist, but, um, you know, that's okay because it's kind of like if a project doesn't want to have me, then that's not right for me. And recently, you know, I've, I've had, um, three projects that have welcomed me onto their, uh, whitelist, which is like a a pre-sale list. So you're kind of like part of the community. You want to see the project succeed. You want to get the pieces early and you're supposed to keep some of them, right? You know, some people like to get early so they can flip them and sell them, whatever. And, um, there's been a few projects, uh, recently that I really liked that were very happy to have me. And, um, so it's like yes and no, but then, uh, you know, I'll do these talks all the time on crypto and, you know, people will say that the stereotypical things, it, it, you know, anytime a woman speaks on something like, and they don't like it, the first thing they're going to say is they're dumb or they'll go for the looks, right? Those are just the two classic, like, uh, you know, attacks I see on women through any, through any industry. It's like one, one of the two. So I definitely, you know, get that, but it's one of those things where, you know, it's sad, but I almost expect it because it's anytime you're a woman kind of getting ahead early, you, you have to know, like something like that is going to happen eventually, you know, sooner or later, not everyone's going to agree with what I say. Not everyone's going to agree with my take. I'm also an NFT curator. So if I curate, a, if I'm asked to curate a project and I just simply don't like it, people in it they really like the project you know they're going to disagree and you know and they're going to say things and but I can only be honest you know I can only give my honest uh, uh opinion on these things and I'm not everybody's uh cup of tea but you know I'm still uniquely me and I gotta stay true to me so text people off the most is the lipstick I actually get the (laughs) most hate comments on the the color choice of my lipstick people absolutely hate it I'm going to get onto the lipstick in a bit I've got a few questions regarding the TikTok coming up but I get the same for my mustache as well (laughs) really oh okay (laughs) this is a I don't know if Movember's big in your part of the world but this was a Movember attempt that um I've covered how how many years ago was that (laughs) three years and my my daughter was born uh during it and my sister said to me you're gonna have to shave the mustache you're gonna ruin all the baby photos and I was like (laughs) I'm keeping it for the rest of everyone's lives good luck everyone keep keep rocking the tash Rob I'm bringing the tash back slowly hopefully (laughs) 
<laughs> no, it's all good. Uh, I said uh, at the opening that you're a multi-talented artist and we have covered uh, your other ventures into TikTok as well. Um, something that is fascinating is the Blue Lips cult. Would you like to tell our listeners about, <laughs> about them? That was a great intro into it, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, listen, that's something the fans came up with. I used to, I wear my, so I wear my blue lipstick for people that I wear blue lipstick the majority of the time, sometimes it's dark purple, but most of the time it's blue and it's blue because it is a tribute to one of my favorite contemporary artists, uh, Andy Warhol, when he did the iconic Marilyn Monroe's in the screen print colors. Uh, He did a variety of screen prints where Marilyn was wearing these pop you know colored lipsticks or her face was bright pink or something like that so it is inspired uh, by like a a kind of a kind contemporary idea of Marilyn Monroe because she was always so iconic because of her mole but also because of her like ruby red lipstick she always wore so I kind of translated that into a fun pop contemporary way and I, I didn't come up with that. I, w- I do live streams a lot on TikTok and they just started saying that, <laughs> you know, the, the <laughs> fans, like we're in, people are just started saying stuff. They're like, we're in the blue lip cult. Uh, and I <laughs> so was what, like, what does it mean to be what? in the blue lip cult? <laughs> I don't even, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't, I do not know. I could not tell you. So I'm just like, okay. You know, people just started saying it and started hashtagging it. I guess that it just means they're uh, they're a fan of mine and uh, and and support what I do. Yeah, but, uh, and, and any yeah, cult like following, is a, yeah, any any cult like following is a good thing. You know, it's brilliant. I've just got a bone to pick with Jay. We agreed before that he was going to wear blue lipstick to this podcast, and he hasn't. <laughs> In <also>. honor, <laughs> a little bit. Oh, you should. That would have been fun. Everybody. Should. Uh, I don't even know where I would find blue lipstick, but I'll I'll, I'll try. <laughs> Uh, it's why they make my own. <laughs> do you make your own lipstick? I do, yeah. I make oh, my there own. you go. Well, that's pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> uh, what you you could do? Um, we just did an NFT drop with um, with a this uh, you know a, a young chap called Landon um, who who basically customised sneakers, uh, Air Force Ones mainly. Um, so he did the NFT. Uh, he he you know we we dropped the NFT and then the the, the customised sneaker followed. Um, so that the owner of the NFT will get the customized sneaker as well. We're just in the in the throngs of doing that. But you should you should do one for your uh, for your blue lipstick cult, so they actually get a a blue lipstick um, shipped to them when they when they buy the blue lipstick NFT. So tokenization of physical goods. It's a it's a ni- another nice little angle to to add to your uh, to your NFT collections. Yeah, well, there's a lot of different things in the works, so things like that, because people have asked for it. Yeah, people have asked for it, so we'll have to see. Right now, I'm still building out my Bike Candy 101 community because it's uh, they're one of ones, and there's only 97 pieces right now because I release them slowly. So the idea behind these is most of these NFT drops, like what you're talking, they drop the collection one day yeah. and everyone buys. I did not do mine that way. Mine, they're one of ones, but every week two or three new NFTs are released, but nobody knows what the hearts are going to say. <laughs> and then it's like a rat ra- If they like it, it's literally a rat race to buy it. So somebody last night on my live stream, I saw it. Somebody 
relisted their heart and I think they fat fingered it and they missed a decimal. Oh. So they unpriced it. I think this is what happened, but I don't know who the collector is. So I can't mm. like just message them. So as on my live stream, like somebody listed this like 0.1 ETH under what it's worth. And like literally like my live stream went down by like (laughs) 10, 15 people and they were all trying to buy this heart. (laughs) And then one guy, then they all came back in. It took like 15 minutes. One guy's like, I got it. And people were so upset. They like, there's three or four other people. Like I was trying to buy it, but I guess there was issues with Polygon because that one had been minted on Polygon and um, it wasn't going through or it said it was bought. So they go like, really they go fast so or if it's a if it's a phrase somebody really wants they'll like literally run to go buy it but i think that's really it's part of the humor of it because they're humorous hearts and um yeah yeah, yeah i just think it's like who buys which heart because you kind of know about that person too if they buy a particular heart piece so are you, I know you might, you might not want to discuss this, or it's probably something I'm sure you've already considered and you, you're probably, you know, it's in the works, but merch, are, have, you, have you considered, you know, going into the merch uh, side of things as well? I well, see a lot of I NFT like artists it. doing that. Yeah, I might, but you know, I'm like, you know, I'm like an art purist. Okay. I'm one of those artists where I don't feel like my artwork needs merch. I feel like, and there's nothing wrong with it, but there's different categories of NFT artists. So if you look at who the fine artists are, they were mm-hmm. fine artists in real life. And now a lot of them don't have merch. People will buy their works because they're looking at it just as that. They're looking at this is an art piece by Ragsy. This is an art piece by Beeple. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know if Beeple has merch. I, uh, I think his... Uh, his uh, pieces now come with like a uh, display and stuff, but they didn't originally right. yeah, yeah. because people were buying it just because it was art. So there's different categories too. There's NFTs that need utility, right? Cause maybe yeah. they don't have a brand as an artist. So it's like, Oh, we'll buy this cause you're getting something else. But yeah, yeah. my community this doesn't buy into this. Yeah. Yeah. They don't buy it for that reason. Cause they're expecting utility it's or merchant. Because they yeah. love it. But not say I wouldn't rule it out entirely. Um, always, <laughs> I'm always open to to ideas. Um, I'm always open to things, but I'm kind of just letting it take its own course and evolve on its own. Yeah, Ragsy's uh, blue lip uh, lipstick makeup by Maybelline uh, is coming soon <laughs> to stores near you. <laughs> maybe, not, maybe <laughs> you never uh, know. Maybe someone will see it. You never know. I'm pretty big, uh, big on TikTok. They, I know there's. Make- <laughs> Love the TikTokers. Yeah. Some of it we were going to talk about briefly. Okay, actually, sorry, sorry, yeah, Rob. Sorry, I'll, give, I'll, I'll give you a lead right now, Ragsy, because we've been approached by L'Oreal. So L'Oreal are digging around in the the metaverse and the NFT space. So you know we've been we've been oh, approached really? by them. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. That's a little bit of a heads up. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Oh my God, we've, we've got a million dollar idea here. It's brilliant. We've done it. Um. We understand that you uh, use your TikTok as well to uh, raise awareness for like, let's not call them scam NFT projects or rug pull. I think it's a better word yeah. uh, to use for it. Uh, on my questions, I've got bored apes written down, but we're not going to discuss that. We've already discussed it on the podcast, so it's fine. Um, uh, would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about rug pull NFTs and 
general scam. The, the shadier, the shadier shady. side of NFTs. Yeah. Not the blue shade, the red shade. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it's, I think it's sad. I really hate seeing it. And though people will come in my live streams or they'll just DM me, they'll ask me to look at projects all the time because, mm-hmm. con, uh, you know, uh, scams and rug pulls are so common. And, but it's hard for me because I can't call something a scam or rug pull if it hasn't happened yet. Cause it's not, it's not fair to the project, but I can look at it. Mm-hmm. And for me, I have a very good sense of if something's a scam or not, you know, um, by a number of different uh, factors. So I do my best um, to give a fair evaluation and kind of steer my followers clear of any scams or rug pulls because it's just sad. It gives the space such a sad name. Like this was a tech that was um, developed that could really like liberate artists, like I said, mm-hmm. by getting royalties and allowing digital artists to get compensated fairly for their work because we all know artists have almost never been paid fairly throughout uh, history. And you just have a lot of you know, malicious people taking advantage of that coming into the space. And uh, you'll see a lot of people losing a lot of money because they really believe in a project and they want to see it through. But the, you know, maybe the leadership doesn't have those intentions from the get go. And I think it's really sad to see. And I I really do hate saying it. Uh, So if, if I do see a red flag, you know, I'll just tell my followers that I just simply don't like it. And, uh, you know, because I can't call something before it happens as it yeah. actually happens. I mean, rather than looking at uh, sort of those those telltale signs, perhaps that, you know, like you said, are a little bit more difficult to, to, to see until it actually happens. What, what should anybody who's getting into the energy space look out for that, that increases the credibility of a project? Um, you know, things like, you know, the, the creator's social media footprint, maybe if they have any um you know verified accounts uh discord servers on discord where the community is is active are there other things that people can look out for that will increase trust in a project something that they can just you know play help them play safe a little bit yes i mean i well i think reputation is everything in this space so i think if it's a good artist and a good team that had a successful nft launch in the past that is more than likely to do the same so thing. A, a good track a lot record. of people can say that yeah. yeah, and yeah. not a lot of people can say that. So you really kind of have to know like who the players are. So yeah, having a good track record, the leadership's important. So there's a thing in the NFT space where a team will go completely undoxed, which means they're unidentified and launch mm. a project. People will buy into this project. And that's where the majority of the scams live. And I'm not saying like a project couldn't have a completely undoxed team and be super mm. successful. It's possible, but... The majority of rogue pulls and scams I see have undocked teams. So it's just a risk personally I'm not willing to take. And mm-hmm. I like to know like who I'm who I'm buying into. So if I don't know who it is, I don't want to buy into the project. There yeah. are exceptions. So there's a very famous artist in the space by the name of Pac. You've probably heard of mm-hmm. that artist who is like the Banksy of the metaverse and nobody knows who he is. He also has I love that Banksy of the Yeah for a lot of money and he's yeah, shown yeah. at Christie. So he has the reputation though, even though it, that person is undocked. Still so, anonymous, yeah, yeah. yeah, but th- that's a big thing for me. If the team's not docked, I almost automatically roll it out. That's a big thing. And uh, 
Yeah, it's a number of things. Doc's team, the following and community is is secondary. I think mm. if you have a with killer leadership, they'll make it work. And um, the artwork has to be nice. But if the team's good and the community is strong, the artwork actually almost becomes irrelevant because it can be anything. As long as it's a reflection of that team and leadership, people, if they want into that community, they'll buy it. Board apes could release a plain A4 paper and it will sell for a load of money now. Let's be honest, like because the community, because of the brand name, they it's like Kanye West sold the the t-shirt, the plain white t-shirt for like two hundred dollars. Like it's the brand name that sold it, not the design yeah. on the t-shirt or the quality of the t-shirt. I personally loved them. I, I liked. I think they got for me. I liked everything they did. I liked the name. I knew what it was because I was like I saw this project super early I knew what it was when I saw the title Board Ape Yacht Club this was way back when everyone was confused it was like oh they're bored apes and they're gonna make a yacht club it was like and people weren't getting it they were like board ape yeah I'm like they're gonna sell the board apes and they're gonna get a yacht and that's exactly what they did it was at NFT NYC they got a yacht and they threw a yacht party the board ape yacht club it was very like clear to me I that's saw amazing. the apes they're goofy. They're funny. You can tell they're bored. I liked the artist for that. You can look at the apes and you can tell they're not just apes. Somebody didn't just sit there and draw apes. You can tell like these apes are bored. There's something <laughs> wrong with these apes. So it, it, it does, I don't know. It did translate really well. I think the artist and the whole team translated the concept really well. You kind of like know there's something up with the apes. They're all like kind of, they're all kind of funky looking i i like it i'm very sad i missed out on that project because i really i bet you are <laughs> we all are yeah. Uh, Although Rob, Rob, even though he's not, not much of a fan, is still very, very upset that he didn't acquire. A I'm a eight. fan of money. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, <they're laughs> capitalist to the bone. Uh, that's all my questions. I don't know if you had any questions for us, or if Jay, you got any more questions? Uh, no, I think we've killed everything. I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, it, it, I think I think you know we, one thing that Rob and I discussed be- before um, this sort of this podcast, particularly moving forward, is is that we really want the the podcast from here on out to uh, to really give something to our audience uh, rather than just entertainment. Um, and I think they've learned a lot. I think we're going to have to do actually a, a cheat sheet in our description of all these, you know, undoxed and ghosted and you know, <laughs> for all ghosted those people to really, really educate themselves. Um, but uh, yeah, it's been absolutely brilliant. I think I think you've really given our, our listeners and our viewers something a lot a lot to take away. Um, uh, definitely, Rob included. <laughs> It's been a been a pleasure. We we love your work. I'm gonna go um, buy some blue lipstick now. I'm gonna join the cult. <laughs> you gotta go cult. buy a bite candy. Uh, yeah, and you, yeah. Then you can be in blue lip cult. Oh my God, <laughs> this is getting sounds, expensive. Sounds already. like a punk. Sounds like a punk <laughs> band or something. Uh, but yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely we will. You know, obviously we're gonna we're gonna link uh, include all your links in the description. Uh, we're gonna push the podcast. We want everybody to. To just you know, learn more and more about the NFT space. Um, not only artists that are in our marketplace, but just artists that are are making waves and and, and making noise in the space. Um, and and right, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on uh, this podcast. We'd love to have you on New Hive as well sometime in the future, one day. Oh, definitely, yeah. Thanks for having me. Uh, you know I'm- what's interesting too? People started DMing me asking if they could buy these hearts as gifts for Valentine's Day, and they're going to transfer it to somebody. 
That's amazing. That's, that's a better like, Valentine's like, yeah. Day present and love hearts. This ourselves. is a good Valentine's Day. If some guy <laughs> last night just bought one for his daughter. It says you're done on it. And <laughs> he's going to shoot it to his daughter's wallet. He's going to create a wallet for his daughter and, and shoot it to her because it means something funny, you know. Um, so I've been doing those. So I've been finding that interesting, too. I'm That's like amazing. curious to see like what ones are going to get sent on Valentine's Day because some of them are very snarky. Uh, <laughs> some of them say go away. <laughs> Rob, Rob's going to be Rob's going to be getting one of those. Uh, <laughs> Is it, of course, partner's going to be watching and oh, I got an idea. <laughs> don't don't tell Martina Rob. ideas. Christ Almighty, <laughs> we're be in trouble. Well. <laughs> But thank you very much for coming on New Talk. It's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you, uh, Ragsy. Amazing. Um, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Um, and make sure you like and subscribe. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.